When their 19-year-old son, Trey, was tragically killed by a senseless act of gun violence, Regina and John faced the storm of a lifetime. Married for only three years at the time, they found themselves at a crossroad experiencing the most unthinkable and unique pain that accompanies the loss of a child. This storm would test their love, marriage, and faith. Now as authors of After the Storm, they share their story across the country to let others know there is hope. The journey wasn't easy. Their belief in God is what carried them through. They turned their pain into action, giving back to their community by organizing the Trey Devon Lane Foundation, which charitable purpose is to support college-bound students reach their financial goal planning. The duo also supports ordinary people within their community who's doing extraordinary things. Regina and John has partnered with several organizations like Every Town for Gun Safety, Moms Demand Action, Ben's Way, Million Mom March, The Brady Campaign, Cornelius Bokai Foundation, and Not in Our Neighborhood. They have also participated in the 2019 Presidential Iowa Caucuses and other national gun safety campaigns continuing the efforts of making a difference across America. Let's welcome them. And welcome back, Grief Nation listeners. Today on our show, we have very special guests today, um, Regina and John Jenkins. Um, this episode is titled, In After the Storm. This is a Everytown Network Survivor Fellow Story Sharing um, event, and I'm just so grateful to have them both on. Hello, Regina and John, how are you? Hi, how are, you? how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Um, it's very, very unfortunate that any parent has to have these um, tough conversations. But please um, tell me and my listeners the circumstances surrounding the loss of your son, Trey Devon Lane. So on September 22nd, 2012, my life changed forever. My son was sitting on a porch with his friends on a Friday night, as teenagers do. What makes this ironic, I sat on the same porch when I was a child. About 50 feet around the corner is my grandparents' house, a house that I grew up in with love, laughter, and full of memories Being about being raised by my grandparents. But now that house will forever be tarnished because that's where my son, Trey, lay there on the floor in a pool of his own blood while he waited on the ambulance to take him to the trauma center at Capitol Health. Someone shot into a crowd of people on Friday night, had no regards for life and took my only child. He was 19 years old. He was in college. He wanted to be a social worker. 
So that showed you the type of character he had. He was well-loved. He was tall, 6'4", a basketball player, and a chick magnet for sure. Um, those dimples was everything. Uh, he can flash them and it would light up the room. Uh, he was just my pride and my joy. And someone robbed me of that that night. So I talk about my son and I share his story because I am his legacy now. Um, his voice has been silenced. So for me, I need the world to know who Trey Lane was. Um, I have a foundation um, where we give out scholarships and we honor people in our community for their community service. And me and my husband just recently published After the Storm, Our Journey Through Grief. It wasn't easy. We want people to know grief is not easy. But we also want them to know you don't have to stay there. There's hope. And there's, people always say, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a flicker. You can see that flicker and it'll get you through the tunnel. But you gotta kind of crawl your way out of there. Like it's not gonna come to you. You gotta go after it because there were some dark days. So, you know, even my husband, he'll tell you from a man's perspective, how he grieved. Because men and women do not grieve the same. And a lot of people don't talk about that part of the journey. And for a long time, as I said in my book, I, I didn't even realize he was suffering in silence. I, I really didn't realize he was suffering in silence because I couldn't focus on him because I was focusing on me, like grieving for my only child that who I love for 19 years. And I was, I guess it was selfish of me at the time, but I didn't know how to be any other way. And, you know, I, I, I said, babe, if you bring me divorce papers, I'll sign them because I can't be the woman that you married anymore. I'm not her. She's gone. She died the day my son died. And he had to learn me all over again. He had to learn that I wasn't that woman that he walked and saw down that aisle that day. Nope, she's gone. New person, new normal. And he suffered for three years living with that. And to the point where he had a, like a break, like he broke down and said, I can't hold it in anymore. And babe, you want to pick that up from that point? From from that point, from that point, I basically was like, I said, you know, Trey was my son too, and you know, dealing with the the grief you're taught to when we're men, you uphold the household, you basically, you know, take care of your household, be the provider at home. You're not the cry, you to handle everything. And that's basically what my father, my ta father taught me how to be a man, to raise and be a provider for my home. So I stepped up and was like, I was basically in basically protective mode mm -hmm. because I had to protect my wife 
because she was I really couldn't fix it because we're taught to fix things as men and it was something that I, I couldn't fix and I just had to learn to how to deal with her I had to come to terms to go to, to a grief counselor and say I need help because I need help with my wife to know how to deal with her emotions to understand her emotions to be able so I wouldn't go crazy you know because I'm trying to figure out oh I'm gonna fix this because I'm a construction worker by trade I'm retired but that's how I was always taught to fix things and I couldn't fix this one and I mean I went to my pastor I went I'm like pray to God like God show me the way that I can be able to get through this with my wife because I told her I said I'm, I'm not going anywhere just because you told me to you know, bring you divorce papers I'm not doing that mm -hmm. I'm not doing that I we made up our own vows and I said in our vows I will never leave you I said and I'm not going anywhere I said because this is this is where the true test is going to come in at. so when you're when we tell a lot of people that if you're going through grief mm -hmm. It's okay to say you're not okay, and it's okay to get help. Get help. You know? Because I, I don't think our marriage could have survived if we didn't go to counseling. Mm -hmm. uh, because of the magnitude of our tragedy. Mm -hmm. Trey was taken from us um, senselessly by act of gun violence. And my baby died a hero saving other people. Mm -hmm. He sacrificed his life to save two girls, to avoid a bigger tragedy. And I'm proud and sad at the same time. So you can be, you know, that mama, you know, everybody say, oh, that's the way you raised him. But I would like to see the man that he would be yeah, after yeah. he would have graduated from William Patterson University. Yeah. So, you know, I'm missing out on those times right now, all of his, friends that he grew up with you know they're getting married they have children they graduated college you know and i was like wow wow i wonder what you know our son would be doing now you know with his degree with social work and where would he work at you know you just kind of want to know what your child will be doing absolutely at this time because you gave him that right path mm -hmm. somebody robbed me of that future yeah. somebody robbed me when they shot into that crowd so our journey now is to change mindsets change community we've been stuck so long living one way and when they see john and i and the, you know what we're doing and and helping to bring awareness about the guns and the gun laws mm -hmm. you know i i had a friend say I asked her, did you know, did you did you ask, do they have a gun in, in their home? Mm -hmm. And is it secure? She's like, Regina, I never even thought about that. Well, trust me, I, I, I didn't yeah. even, coming up, you know, I, I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of, of asking people when I dropped my children off there. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, she was like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And come to find out there was a gun in the house. Mm because it was a police officer yeah but i said is it secure ask them is it secure yeah you know and she was like oh my god she said you really need to teach and i do teach i i, I am a be smart yeah. mm -hmm. person you know to teach that so you know i and i said yeah i have no problem coming and educating your parents mm -hmm. whatever 
But you know, that's what me and my husband do now. We try to educate. Yeah. Because if you don't educate, when you know better, you do better. Absolutely, absolutely. Because just like I said, I didn't know these things, but not until I joined moms in, in every town and start learning the information that they're providing to us. Because, you know, really us just bringing kids up, you know, 19, 20 years ago, 25 right. years ago, that education wasn't really there. If it was, it wasn't available to us right. uh, for us to know to even ask these questions. Uh, right. So um, I, I, I'm so grateful that you are uh, one of the reps for Be Smart because that information is so valuable for um, adults yeah. as well as our children. Um, and, and with this current pandemic and children are being home, it's definitely a conversation to be had, right? right. Yeah. Um, and I know you touched some on your son, but can you please tell us more about who Trey was and who he is, who he still is? <laughs> Trey, my baby, my baby was just ah, uh, he was the love of my life. Like I, I had him thirteen years before John and I got married. But we don't say the word step in our house. There's no step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're one unit, one family. That's how it is in our household. So um, even though Trey still had a relationship with his biological father, he was. I felt like my son was blessed to have two great role models like I, I say some people only get one mm -hmm. and I used to tell him you so fortunate you got two men in your life like how awesome is that yeah and to balance it off and you you know and I used to sit back and I'd be like pat myself on the back you're doing a good job like you like I I'm dead I did I used to pat myself on the back because I'd be like it's hard raising a male child and then when you do good and you see them going in the right direction and you just you know, it's some hurdles. Yeah. But my baby loved basketball. Um, he was he was actually going to play for. He was at um, Mercer County Community College. He was transferring to Wilm Patterson that year, and um, yeah, that fall. That fall, he wanted to transfer. So, I mean, basketball was a part of his life. He was on every AAU team. Every I sat on a lot of bleachers. Yeah. Lots. A bleacher. <laughs> a lot of fun together. Yeah. Okay. I knew all. I was technically the, what do you call it? The team mom. Mm -hmm. so I had the Gatorade, yeah. the first thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the little towels and mm -hmm. everything. Everything. I, I, I said I have a cooler in the back of mm -hmm. my car. <laughs> Snacks. Everything. Yes. I mean, literally, we travel and she'd be like, hey, I have parents sending yeah. their kids with me. Yeah. I became that mom, yeah. right? So, you know, I, I, you know, and then, you know, I, I was at every, it wasn't one thing that I missed, from, you know, that growing up for him. Mm -hmm. Even though I had a busy schedule, I would cut out a meeting when it came to him. Yeah. I'm not missing anything if he's on a stage or he had a PTO meeting. I would sacrifice my life to go see what he has to do. So if I'm cutting myself short, mm -hmm. oh well, like I gotta go. My son has a basketball game. Like yeah. so I would do that. Yeah. So I mean, um he he was love, love, love the girls. Yes. <laughs> yes. When I tell you, the teachers used to say, well, Miss Jenkins is not Trey. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? He said, they be standing outside waiting for him when he oh, comes out of the classroom. I was like, what? They're that aggressive? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, yes. 
it's not him. He be on class on time. Oh, wow. It's them. They standing outside the door and, you know, and he flashes those dimples and that's all she wrote. That's it, huh? And he had dimples on both sides. Yeah. And <laughs> I used to be like, I said, I used to tell him, Trey, mom do not want grandbabies all over the place. Uh-oh. Right. No, no. <laughs> He's like, Mom, they just my friends. I said, all of them? He said, just my friends. I said, are you gay? It's okay. He's like, Mom, no, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm like, it's the 21st century. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that mom. I'm okay if you are. He says, Mom, really? <laughs> but he said, he said, Mom, I love girls. <laughs> but um, he, um, he was just that, he was a jokester, mm-hmm. uh, funny. He, I, I I miss, I think, everything about him. How he used to bust in my room. Right. Yeah. And I had my t-shirt, my panty. <laughs> and then he, I'd be like, Dad, can I get dressed? He'd be like, Mom, um, I got to ask you a question. I'm like, um, can I get dressed? <laughs> and then he's going to say, put some clothes on. I'm like, I'm, I'm, in, my, my room. But I'm in my room. The door was closed. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I was like, but he's yeah. still going to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Like, because he just loved you that much. It didn't matter. You are, you're a mom. Yeah. I used to be like, I used to be like, oh my God, I can't believe Listen, it. Those two? Yeah. I can tell you some stories. Like when I would, because before I retired, I would have to get up early in the morning. So I would leave to get out. He couldn't wait till I'm going. He's jumping jump in the he bed. He's to bed and jumping to bed oh, with gosh. Yeah. Mr. John going. He like a yeah. big kid. He want to get in my bed. I know that means he want to talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll be like, who is it and what's her name? Yeah. Right. And what is going on now? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and then I would take them and we go get breakfast or something. Oh, it so was just like that mommy and me time. It was yeah. just, yeah. I miss that. And you know, it yeah. was. We had, I mean, our bond was so crazy. And I remember when we started dating, he didn't know for like almost a year. He mm-hmm. just seen him come at my house and he seen him go. Yeah. And he think it's my friend because you, like I was telling him, you're not standing over here, I got a son. Yeah. Like, I'm that role model. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you got to go, bro. <laughs> That's what I used to tell him, right? Yeah. When, it, he, when he's down his father now, maybe we can play a little yeah. bit, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, not. Real talk. So, so when I find, when he finally, I finally introduced Trey as John as my boyfriend, he was like, your boyfriend? He said, he had, he had questioned him. He said, Mrs. John, why you keep bringing my mom flowers every week? <laughs> he was like 14. Oh. He said, uh, my mom don't need flowers every week. He said, well, okay. <laughs> he said, well, you know, when you like a person, Aww. you know, you, you want to show them. He was like, uh, my mom don't need no boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some time. Oh, right, I, right. Trey, that's not nice. He's like, mom, you don't need no boyfriend. You got, you got me. me. He said, you don't need no boyfriend. Of course, of course. So it, it was like he he just thought John was taking his place. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. baby, he will never take your place. Absolutely. And then he was, it was to the point where I remember when John asked me to marry him, my baby wanted to run away. Jesus, he was like 15. He was about to run away. <laughs> people, uh, 
Lisa, well, you call them private schools. <laughs> You're not abused. Right. And <laughs> you can run away. He said, because she's about to get married, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to change. I said, I promise you it won't. It will not change. Right. And he was like, Mom, I don't want to lose you. So, John, I didn't notice at first, but he went to my son and asked him, Oh, that's so nice. Could he marry me? Baby, you want to tell him about that part? Yeah, basically, basically, it was it was it was funny because how it happened, it was all wrapped up around right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I told got the family together, and Gina didn't know anything about it. We had went ring shopping, and she was like, "Oh, I love this ring." Took over the Philly, and she was like, "She picked it out." All right, great. So I said. I took him out. I said, Trey, let's go out. I said, let's go pick your mom out something real nice. I said, just a just because gift. He said, what do you mean? What's that? I said, a just because gift is when you care about someone and you just, just to show to let them know you're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. So we jumped in the car. I said, you know, we got to talk. And I said, well, let's, we're going to go eat. I said, we're going to, it's men's day. I said, we're going to hang out, get something to eat. We're going to play some basketball. I took him to down to one of my buddies. My buddy has a, a indoor, like a small little gym. Mm-hmm. So we played ball down there for about an hour. Uh-huh. And I said, well, let's sit down. Let's get some Gatorade. Went to the machine, vending machine. We sat, sat out on the bench, on the benches. I said, Trey, I want to ask you something. He said, yeah, Mr. John's having a good time. I said, um, I said, I, I want to ask you something about your mom. He said, oh, what's, what's wrong, Mr. John? He said, my mom, okay. I said, yeah, your mom's great. I said, I just want to let you know that I really, really care about your mom. And I want to ask your mom something, but I want to, I want to get your permission first. I said, because you were the man of the house before I came into the picture. Aww. And he was like, he looked at me like I had two heads. <laughs> he was like, he said, like, what do you mean, Mr. John? I said, well, I want to propose to your mom. Oh my I want God. to marry your mom. And he was like, he said, wow. He said, for real? He said, Mr. John. He said, he said, you're a good guy. He said, you're a real good guy. You're, you're good to my mom. You're good to me. And I said, I just wanted to find out if it's okay if I can have your mom's hand in marriage. Mm. Yeah, sure, Mr. John. He said, yeah. he said, because all you've been is good to me and my mom. And every time I see you, you know, you well-mannered. He said, you know, I see him. I'd be like, you okay? Or I would see him outside playing or I would ride by when he played basketball at before I would come to Gina's house. Yeah. And he would be playing at the basketball court and I'd pull over and I'd be like, how was your day? A lot of the stuff she didn't even know. Yeah. You know, and then we, we once after we got married, it, it was just so funny because that night that I went to get the ring, I had got hit by a cab in Philly. Oh. It was so funny because I, thank God I didn't only scratches, but I, the first person I had called, I called, I called him. Mm-hmm. I said, don't tell your mom. I said, because she was going to call me and be like, well, where you at? What's taking so long? Right. I'm in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm all right. I just had a little boo-boo. I said, I'm getting the batteries and I'm on my way back home now. I said, I'm going to text you. And soon as I get the park at the house, I said, tell your, uh, your Aunt Jasmine to turn the music down and I'm coming in. Right. And it was just so, he was like, I got you. I'm going I'm, I'm to be on board. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Right. And it was just so, you know, overwhelming for me that he opened his arms and said, well, you know, I really think you'd be good for our family. Yeah. And I really like that. That was really good for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Now, 
Can you guys explain the complexities of your journey? And I quote this, we face the storm of a lifetime. Talk about the testing of your love, your marriage and your faith. Um, and just share the details of After the Storm and also where we can purchase your book. Yes. Um, so coming up with the title for the book, that's how I felt. I felt like a storm tornado, a hurricane came in, toward my life, but they left us with the cleanup. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know how to put our lives back together. I was angry with God. I was angry with my husband and he didn't do nothing. I was just angry at the world, like just angry. Like it was just, it was so hard for me to get past anger. I think I stayed, and you know, there's seven stages of grief. I think I stayed in angry for a long time. Um, after the numbness wore off, the initial shock and numbness wore off, I had to be faced with the reality. And that's where the, um, the quote, growth is necessary for the progress in your journey came from for me. Like that, I had to grow. Mm -hmm. I had to stretch myself a little bit in order to you can't never move past it, but order to cope with. Mm -hmm. I always use the word cope because we need those coping skills or the mechanism to maneuver through life. Yeah. Because life doesn't stop because we're grieving. Chase Banks said, hey, we're over here. We still want to get paid. Mm -hmm. um, my light bill said, hey, mm -hmm. you don't pay it. We're going to shut you off. So those things did not stop because I was grieving. So I had to learn kind of how to do both. Yeah. If, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I had to grieve and still be the woman of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, it was some things that he took on a lot of my roles. Um, cause if it was up to me, I wouldn't have ate. Yeah. I didn't feel like eating. Mm -hmm. Um, if it was up to me, I would stay in the bed. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he took on a lot of the woman duties, you know, the laundry or whatever, whatever, all those woman duty things or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, our faith was, my faith was tested. He had strong faith. Oh my God. Ooh. He prayed a lot. When Ooh. I heard him praying one night, I'm my no kidding. He was on his knees and he was praying. I guess I was in the bed just watching TV, whatever. And I heard him praying and I heard him say, God, my wife is so angry right now, but she doesn't understand, you know, what's going on right now around her. But Lord, I ask you to touch my wife. And I was like, uh, don't pray for me. God took my only child. Like I was, that's how angry I was. I'm stopping him mid sentence. Mm -hmm. Like, don't pray for me. Mm -hmm. I get it. And he's like, God, she knows not what she says right now. Mm -hmm. Cover my wife. Mm -hmm. And he took on all of the prayer because I couldn't even pray. I was just that angry. I couldn't even pray um, to the point where I had to find. It took me almost three years to go to church. Yeah. Um, it took me about three years to go, go to church. And that was in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And when I first went to, back to church, I never forget the preacher. It, it was like the service was made for me. They talk about Abraham and Sarah and how she lost her baby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why? 
Like, why this service for me? It was just like a, like I, I was supposed to have been at that service at that time, listening to that ceremony, like that sermon at that time. Yeah. And that was the beginning of me wanting to shift my faith, mm-hmm. like to turn it around and to kind of grow in my spirituality. Yeah. Um, it, it really did. Um, I love was definitely our marriage. I love was tested. Um, I never say the love was always there, but the marriage was stretched to the limit. Mm-hmm. Um, everything he did got on my nerves mm-hmm. and he ain't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, but, but everything he did got on my nerves. Right. And I, I just didn't want to be his wife. I didn't want any obligation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it was. I just didn't want any obligation. I just wanted to focus on me. Now, whatever that entailed, and I think for me was getting me out of the dark space mm-hmm. because I was so dark and I didn't want to live. Mm-hmm. So for me, every day was dark mm-hmm. and I was trying to concentrate on me. And I, it, I felt like, um, I couldn't be his wife at the time. It, it, it took too much energy to be his wife. And when I went, I needed that energy to focus on me just getting up out of the hole or just getting up out of the bed mm-hmm. or just taking a shower right absolutely now john what about you boy (sighs) basically when i could like she said i took on a lot of my faith really got strong because i i me and my dad were real close but my dad's deceased so i couldn't really speak out to him to really get an answer Mm -hmm. but i basically took on a, a lot of prayer and asked the lord to just watch over her cover her I had to still figure out I still had to go to work I still had to like like when I went back to work I was working nights mm-hmm. so she would stay with her sister and then I would work so it says she wouldn't be by herself because I didn't want her to be by herself because yeah. I told her sisters I don't trust your sister by herself mm-hmm. so could someone she'd stay at someone's house until I get off from work in the wee hours of the morning and I'll come get her pick her up or I'll stay there sleep with her there and then bring her home mm-hmm. in the morning and then, you know, I'm like, baby, you want to get up, eat? She's like, no, but you have to, you have to eat. I was more so that motivation to try to make sure she had a nourishment, make sure she showered. I said, hon, I know we're in this, but we're in this together. I said, we're going to get through this. I said, but it's just a matter of time. So basically, you know, going through that, you know, forgot about my yourself. faith. Yeah. Oh, my, me and myself. I didn't. He forgot about himself. I lost myself in the process of everything because I was just so concerned about my wife. And I thank God for both sides of the family because when they would call, no one, the main key was when we were sitting here one day and right after we buried Trey and I, it was just, we was in silence. I said, see, hon, listen, no more knocks, no more phone calls. We have to deal with this head on. No friends weren't coming. I directed all phone calls and texts through my phone. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't get overwhelmed. Yeah. Everybody from colleagues, coworkers, my side of the family, her side of the family, they all checked on her through me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, she's okay. You know, they, they were like, how are you? I said, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. I said, and they were like, no, we're going to bring by food, whatever you need. Yeah. I thank God for her girlfriends. My mom, her mom, just 
family in general. Yeah. Because when I got overwhelmed and overloaded, they were there for me. They would go shopping. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That really was a help. And then when when she finally said, "Hun, I think I wanna, I wanna celebrate. Mm -hmm. I wanna do something." I gave her a 50th birthday party. Okay. And she said to me, she was like. She, I just went over the top because it was like, this was been a long time coming. Yeah. I said, because you came a long way. And I, I, I always tell her, yeah, I tell her all anything. the time. She doesn't celebrate anything. Mm -hmm. But I tell her, just look at from where you were yeah. to where you are now. Absolutely. I said, God has been blessing us yeah. so much. Yeah. And we've met so many different people yeah. to where our lives have, our lives have changed. And just our outlook on life has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're around a group of people that we do date night. Mm -hmm. We, you know, and everybody love on one another. But since all this pandemic, we've been checking on one another, texting, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's 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 love that really lets you know that you're appreciated. Now, when did you when did you both know that John needed more support, or when he actually was when you start saying earlier that um, he was hiding this for so long. So when did that come about to be able to, you know, um, resurface when when those feelings for him start resurfacing, and then you had to take over. What what was happening in that time? Um, we were going to a, a wedding. We were going, we were getting dressed for a wedding, mm -hmm. and he was like procrastinating, like getting dressed. And I'm like, we're going to be late. Come on, come on. Like, I'm trying to rush him. But it was like he was in this slow motion. Like, he put on a shoe and stopped. He put on another shoe and stopped. Like, I'm like, come on, we got to go. And it was like, he's like broke down and said, I can't hold it in anymore. And it was just, he just boohooed and he just let it all out. Like, it was just like three years of buildup. Yeah. Of he was my son too. I loved him. Mm. And I've been carrying you for three years and I didn't have a chance to grieve. Wow. And I was like, wow. I, 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 wanted, to I wanted to ask that because I want people to realize the signs um, mm -hmm. for men. I mean, we know that they're strong. We know that you barely break down or you don't share really how you feel, but that time and point that you're about to break down, I wanted to have this conversation to, so you can say this, this was it. It could be at any given moment. It doesn't have to be a particular thing, place, yeah. time. It, just, time. I, I, it was so valuable for you to say it was, we were getting ready to go to a wedding, something <laughs> happy. And you it's see just, where, where it happened? It's just the trigger. It's just yeah. triggered you. Yeah. And it and and for me as being a man, and I like we were having a conversation earlier. It's just that I suppress stuff. I try not to. Mm -hmm. I got so much going on and so much that we deal with on an everyday basis. I'm like, for me, from a man perspective, we think that we don't want to be a burden. Right. So we actually hold it in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. You, it just you 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 go around it. Mm -hmm. You playing tic tac toe with it, like my father always used to say. Mm -hmm. He would say, get to the point. If you're going to talk, get to the point. Mm -hmm. So one another, because I've always watched him and my mother. And when he had something to say, he was like, Lenore, I need to say this, 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 because this has been bothering me. Yeah. I tell the same thing to my wife. I say, Gina, I got this going on. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it's, I feel so much better after you say it, because, yeah. you know, I mean, her, you know, it's it's been building up and building up and building up. So now I'm like, look, I gotta say it. Yeah. Because it's it's and it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy. It gives you heart problems, high blood pressure, yeah. 
you know, hypertension. Yeah. It's it's just it's things that are unhealthy. Absolutely. And I want to let men know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to however you gotta seek help a person mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable with, it's okay. Yeah. Once you find that outlook or that out that person, that outreach person that you can confine in and talk with, it will feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Where you can just feel because you you're walking around like you're floating. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. when you're burdened down with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and I mean a lot, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. And my wife would tell you, I I I lost myself. Yeah. Uh-uh. And, I, and to the day, I did. I really did. Yeah, I'm so grateful for you speaking out as a as a man because, you know, a lot of this work you just see us, the women, um, mm-hmm. advocating um, on behalf of our loved one and. Anytime that there's a male presence out there about gun violence, um, I'm really appreciative for you just sharing your part of the story because it's not to say it takes away from anything, but it adds to um, and the family value of how this affects our lives. And um, I truly believe if more men speak about it and speak to our younger generation that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I, I do understand that in educating ourselves and our families and our children and our loved ones on um, actually what's happening. That is just this, it's a epidemic as well as the pandemic that we're in, you know, and it's still happening. It's not, it it doesn't stop just because we're in a pandemic. There's still, it's still going on. It's still happening. You know, they're just not talking about it as much, but it's still going on. Trust me, it's still going on. Yeah. So that brings me into talking about, your advocacy work can you speak to that and and how long you've been a part of it and you know what's your chapter and just your experience okay. well my, my my experience in it the reason why like i wanted to because like i sat back mm-hmm. and my wife went first went first <laughs> i mean said, you tell me how it is first i said i said <laughs> you check it out yep and, and report back <laughs> you know how we do i said the jenkins is that look one go out Yep. and report back. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so I was like, she came back and she said, "Honey, I really think this would be for us. Yeah. Wow. So compliment the yeah, foundation. It would complement the foundation. And then as far as me speaking out to the youth, the young men, I tell them, once you pull that trigger, you can't retract that bullet in that chamber. Yeah. A bullet has no name on it. Mm-hmm. And it has no specific destination where it's going unless you know how to shoot. You know, and I, and I tell him, I said, a gun is not a toy. No. You know, and it's like, oh, well, Mr. John, you don't understand what we're going. I, I understand a lot. Mm-hmm. I understand that you don't pick a gun up to solve a problem. Absolutely. I said, I was taught, did you talk about it? You figure it out. You put some, we put our hands up and live to see another day. We didn't pull, pick up a gun. I said, we were friends. We were playing two days later. I said, you don't kill another person. Mm-hmm. You know, and they look and they like, well, oh, OG, you've been around, you've been around, you just said that, because they call me the OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, really? I said, no, my name's Mr. John. I said, I'm not. I said, well, one guy was like, oh, well, that's what my pop, my grandpa said. I call, he lets, he allows me to call him OG. I said, oh, oh, my gosh. Just dealing with every different type of young man. Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't have this. I said, just because you don't have a father figure in your life, you have a strong black woman or or whatever race it is that I speak to, mother that's in your corner. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I said, because she was, you were in her stomach at one time. Mm-hmm. I said, and she loved you and cared for you. And she still loved you regardless of what the factor or things that you got yourself into in life. She's still your mother. Right. Yeah. And don't ever forget that you, that that woman that birthed you still loves you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I don't get love. I don't this. I don't that. I said, but you can't look for it in a game. Yeah. I said, this is what I'm here for. I said, I love you. I said, I love you like a brother. I said, I love you like my son. So our advocacy been last year, <laughs> I think we did over 30 shares, story yeah. shares last year. Like a little burnout, but it was worth the cause. Um, you know, just trying to educate, empower, mm-hmm. and talk about grief at the same time, especially when our book came out. Yeah. Because it was so powerful among couples because as you know one in three couples they don't make it yeah 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 so this happened in our third year of marriage and here we are eight years later Mm -hmm. so it was a rocky you know eight years but we here in 11 year 11 Mm -hmm. and i feel like we're stronger together Um, We are, um, I think that even with the advocacy, you know, people see us, they be like, man, you always support your wife. I'm like, no, I'm supporting him because today he speaks. They be like, John, you're speaking? And I'll be like, yes, right? They was like, she gonna throw you out there in the water. (laughs) It's beautiful though. It's it's black love uh, outside of it being, you know, this horrible Thing in this incident that happened to your family, but it's black love. Um, and that's what I appreciate so much with having a couple on today because uh, the dynamic of the family structure um, that gets broken down when yeah. we lose our loved one, no matter if it's mm-hmm. our son or if it was the husband, or it's still, it tears families apart. Um, yes. And I wanted people to know that, you know, every black I didn't want my son to be a statistic, just a number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't come from, he came from a single mother, but he had a family structure. Structure, Which is a difference. It's a difference, you know? And I said, I chose to be single, okay, Mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. But he still had a father that was taking care of him. Yeah. And then when he met my husband, we had a dynamic structure, family. So it was like he was, if you could say, abundantly loved. Yeah. Okay. So he had all his two dads and me. Right. You know, and you know, it was just heart wrenching. And somebody robbed me for it. And it's like, I now, his legacy means so much to me. It gives me my purpose, my passion, which is the advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to save somebody else's son or daughter. Now, what's your role in in your chapter? Um, I am a survivor fellow and a mentor, and I work with the Be Smart program. Okay, okay. So I kind of do the mentor role uh, with Dara. I do. You know Dara? Do you know Dara? I don't. Yeah, she's um, does the mit like I like the new SMLs or okay um, survivor fellow. I kind of like mentor them. Okay. Kind of like show them the ropes a little bit. Okay. All right. So we've been doing that actually virtually too. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, um, with that, how could someone, um, in your area or any area 
join moms. Um, can you share that information, in, um, especially in the area that you're in? Where are you, New Jersey? We're in New Jersey. Okay, and your chapter is where? Uh, we're in Mercer County. Mercer County. Okay, and how could someone join? So we, we have um, we have Mercer County uh, North and South. So we have a couple chapters in New Jersey. But if you go to momsdemandaction.org, it will put you in touch with a local chapter. Or you can go to everytown.org. And that will put you in touch with, you know, the surrounding areas of um, the mom's chapter. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, you know, and anytime you see a red shirt, absolutely. <laughs> anytime you see a red shirt, absolutely. not attend there with the mom's group. Okay. Mom's the man. So, um, you have the text number for us? Yes. Uh, it is 66443. Did I say that right? I haven't said Six, it in a four, while. Four, three, three. Three. Yeah, I haven't said it in a while. It's okay. No, I just, um, I definitely want to make sure we mention yes. that. And you can text honor, you can text join, you can even text check for backgrounds um, checks, um, depending upon what city you're, um, you're in. And I have a chapter in the book uh, talks about honor your loved one. Okay. Uh, a, a fabulous chapter. Um, the book is called After the Storm, Our Journey Through Grief. And is a bar is available on Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. Okay. Or at Barnes and Nobles on barnesandnobles.com and Amazon. Now for me again, please mention the name of your organization. Um his foundation is the Trey Devon Lane Foundation. Um tdlane.org. And um what is what do you do with the foundation? And talk to us about some partnerships that you built with that. Uh, yeah, so our our foundation is, um, so my son was in college. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to honor him, even though he wasn't gonna graduate college, I wanted to help send someone else's child to college. Oh. So I uh, do a big fundraiser all year long, a gala, mm -hmm. and we honor children at the gala. We just had a, we had a black tie. And um, I kind of show the kids off. Okay. And it's a big fundraiser, and we give them scholarships. Okay. And what I do is I bring the kids before back to show them that they, the ones that graduated. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like ongoing. Yeah. And then we also honor people in the community for their service, their community service. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yes, yeah, called ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Love that. Yeah. So we have, um, under the umbrella, we have, um, I started the girls, it's called Sisters Inspiring Sisters, it's called SIS, and I teach the girls how to quilt, but through the quilting, we build friendships and character education, self-esteem, um, other, I teach them, I, we touch on resume, how to dress, how to be a lady, yeah. etiquette, mm -hmm. so we touch on different facets. Mm -hmm. of just being a woman oh wow wow and my husband has the boys and it's called um project men's men empowering new seeds all right oh and um then we have uh project dads dad what is this dad's 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 was that dad's being hands-on yes mm -hmm. and basically with the with the young men we teach them etiquette, how to tie a tie, yes. how to open the door for a young lady, how to have eye contact when you're having a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, the posture. Yeah. Uh, basically just everyday life skills as a man, resume, you know, 
just helping your community out Absolutely. and volunteering. And but our boys, the the boys, the mentoring program, he focused on the fatherless mm, boys. Yes. And we even do that. Like he teaches my husband teaches them how to fish. fish. Like mm. things like they would yeah. never do like outside of the right. city. Absolutely. You know, just in their urban neighborhood. Like right. you don't really see too many kids from the city going fishing. Going fishing. Right. right. So I can imagine that's just so much fun um, for you as well. And just uh, even what you're doing with the young ladies and teaching them, um, you know, just how to be women um, and to be empowered women at the same time, you know, to, to, enjoy, uh, to enjoy their team yeah, like, where it, they it, are, you yeah. know, enjoy their age, but to have, you know, what to look forward to as becoming a woman. Um, I really, yeah. truly appreciate you guys um, inspiring and pouring into um, your community. And I'm sure, I know it's going beyond your community, your local community, just because, you know, the, um, the platform that you're building for yourself and telling and educating people on what you're doing so thank you so much what's next for your journey so um the well our the corona has um hit our black tie so we have to put it on focus for next year mm -hmm. um but nine no ten scholarships eight of them have graduated college Yay. So they will all come back for the black tie mm -hmm. from the very first, very first um, luncheon that we gave. I'm excited about that because now they are like little grown people now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about that yeah, because of course. they were going off to college yeah. and now they're all graduated. Yeah. And they stay in touch with, I don't even ask them, but they love me so much. They stay yeah. in touch. Even when they were in college, they would send me their grades. Yeah. And they were appreciative. They would appreciate so much. They would tell me what they did with their money. Like they bought a yeah. laptop, they paid their dorm fees. Like they would tell me what they actually, and I actually bring them back to tell the people, my my guests, what they did with their money. Absolutely. And that's just such a great thing to have, to have your mentees to definitely, I would def definitely also, I know you say they come back and they tell the story. I would also recommend that you have them to write a letter for you. No, they do. The thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because gosh, that is so powerful. Yeah, we, we actually do. Um, they yes. do write letters. Yes, they yes, do. Yes, just because yeah, we the work do. that you're doing, it's just, and I, hey, and another thing that I do know about the power of letter writing is um, that definitely supports you when you're getting your your funding so yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely for the granted yes because i mean i'm you 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 need um you need valuable information to match alongside of you know getting that grant or getting yeah. the proposal or or however just being able to see the results is what yeah I mean. and you know one of the girls teaching her quilting made her want to become a fashion designer oh what what so yes. it was like i sparked yeah. something in her where she She's going yeah. to, she went to FIT. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know? That's so and, amazing. Yeah, it's Did amazing. How many, is it eight or nine? You said nine that are... Um, eight, eight is graduated. That is so... That's a good number. Good, uh, congratulations Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> on, on pouring into their lives. I know, um, you know, they, they worked really hard towards that, but I'm sure with um, implementing a lot of what you um, empowered them to do. Um, that I just I'm like sure that stuck with my son walks across the stage with each of them. Absolutely. And I, that's how I kind of stay focused. 
Yeah. A bigger picture. Yeah. Because he would have been, he he like, mom, good job. I can hear him saying, mom, good job. <laughs> like, my job. Well done. He'd be like, well done. yeah, he'd be like, mom, you did good. That's what he said, mom, you did good. good. And then he'll yeah. throw right. it <laughs> you have talked so much about how you have helped everyone. How can the community support you? <sighs> so for me right now, I'm focused on giving more scholarships. My ultimate goal is to pay for a full, full ride. ride for mm -hmm. one or two students. Full, mm -hmm. ride. full ride. I want the kids to go to college for free. No. How would, they, how would someone do that? How would somebody help you with that? So we have um, on his website, tdlane.org. You can donate mm -hmm. or you can donate through the Trey Devon Lane Foundation um, at Gmail. I'm sorry, Trey Devon Lane Foundation at uh, gmail.com for PayPal. Okay. Um, yeah, you can, or yeah, PayPal or the foundation. Okay. .org or the email, the trade divine lane at gmail.com. And you have websites? Yes. T What's your websites? tdlane.org. Okay. www.tdt as in Tom, D as in door, dot L-A-N-E dot org. Okay, thank you so much. Now, do you have any other social media platforms that you would like our Bridge Nation Absolutely. Um, we are on Facebook, um, the Trey Devon Lane Foundation, and we're on Twitter, uh, Change Spares Life, and Instagram, Change Spares Life. All right. Um, and leave us again with another favorite memory of Trey. <sighs> My favorite memory of Trey would definitely have to be his smile. Mm -hmm. And when he leaves the house, he used to give me a kiss on the cheek and say, I love you, mom. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Now, before I let you both go, um, I want you to just think about this for a moment. In this era of the COVID-19, it brings up several emotions that can trigger grief, like anticipatory grief, where some are concerned about a greater loss to come, like businesses, you know, not knowing if they can pay for their bills or whatnot, or, or their staff, um, which then fuels or triggers more emotions of complicated, um, which can also spiral into prolonged grief, delayed grief, masked grief, or unre unresolved grief. What coping strategies can you share with families that are experiencing loss of safety, job loss, social distancing, quarantine, feeling, feeling socially isolated. What are those things that you can support them during this time? And how can they, or some things they can do to change their routines? For, for, for us, I would say do deep breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. um, watch more comedy. Mm -hmm. Laughter. Laughter, mm -hmm. stay away from the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, games. Game, because we have game night. Actually, we're on a virtual game yeah, night in about five minutes. Bingo game. We're doing a bingo game. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then basically uh, interacting with yeah. your family through Zoom. Zoom. And friends. Yeah. Uh, getting out, doing a walk, housework, yeah. yard work, planting. And going for a walk. And going for a walk. Yeah. You know, because we get out early and yeah. go for walks before anything gets moving. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and come back in and, you know, just every day and then everyday prayer. Yeah. And pray. Number yeah. one thing is pray. pray. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I really, truly appreciate so both of you coming on to It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk and many blessings and much success to your foundation. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We're there you have it, Grief Nation listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another transformative segment of It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk. Today, we give thanks filled with love and gratitude for our special guests, Regina and John Jenkins, for expressing your very unique grief journey and sharing ways of understanding the healing process. This is your girl, Miami Knight, with much love and light until we connect again spiritually.